In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, an outdoor enthusiast, or a, it says here, a tall comedy icon with flowing ginger locks and a love of American history. Hey, that's me! Oh, okay. I think it's me. Flowing ginger locks? No, they went too far. Anyway, whatever you are, you'll (laughs) find, that's the part you objected to was the locks. You'll find what you came for in Williamsburg, Virginia, from roller coasters and water parks to hiking and kayaking. Williamsburg is great for thrill seekers of all kinds. Do you want that thrill? It's also one of the East's premier golf destinations and a city with an emerging food scene to satiate any appetite. I like food. Yeah. You know, I say for your next vacation, visit Williamsburg. Just do it. What are you thinking? Come on. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement. While another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Hello, my name is Colin Hanks. And I feel excited about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Has <laughs> someone got a gun to your head? What, what is that? I'm asking myself out loud. You know what you're doing? You're trying it on. And turns out? These pants fit. (laughs) (laughs) You look fantastic in those. I like Conan pants. I got a lot of room where I need it. (laughs) It's good. Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Ring the bell. Brand new shoes. Walking blues. Climb the fence. Books and pens. I can tell that we are going to be friends. Yes, I can tell that are going to be friends. And hey there. Ah! <laughs> I was going to three, two, one you. <laughs> and three, two. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, we had a little bit of a mishap just now. Gorley tried to count me in. I didn't know you were going to count me in. I never count you in. You never do. No. And so I just on my own started to say, hey there. And welcome to, as you were counting me in. And it was awkward. Yeah, it's, you know, you were actually sitting quiet waiting for us to shut up, which I don't think I've ever seen you do. Well, Sona is, uh, she jabbers. She's quite the jabberer. You're a talker. You know that. I mean, I like talking to Matt a lot about things. (laughs) No, no. And so you were gibbering away and you were babbling over here, Matt. And I was just waiting for there to be a moment for me to start the podcast. Hmm. Um, I don't even know what you were talking about. So you're complaining that Sona and I have a cordial, conversational, and amicable yes. work relationship. On yeah. the nose. Yeah, and you don't like that. Uh, well, I think when it's time to get down to bidness. 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 Uh, then, um, you know, it's time for me to crack the whip. But you weren't doing anything. Yeah. You were just sitting there. So yeah. we just thought, okay, it's open season for for chatting. And I, I've seen you shoot remotes, and sometimes you need an action. Like, you need somebody to say, okay, you can start. So I think that that's probably what you were waiting for. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you know me better than I do, Sona. I mean. Good for you. (laughs) You've observed me in the field. You've probably observed me over the years uh, practicing my craft. Hmm. And uh, you may know 
the real me. I don't think I do. Okay. Well, we've, I think, so far failed to find a good start. This yeah. is all, this is it. I don't know. It's, but we haven't even mentioned the show, who we are, and what we do. <laughs> so if that's what you mean by not off to a great start, I'd beg to differ. And that's on I, you. That's yeah. on yeah. you. I'm going to maintain that I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have started right away by saying, hey, it's Conan O'Brien. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. And I think we're 40 minutes in yeah, at this point. I have a very, I'm, I, I don't judge time very well. <laughs> you know what I do have? I have an excellent sense of time. Do you? I do. Hmm. Yeah. Meaning I can um, wake up in the middle of the night. And if you ask me to guesstimate what time it is, I'll say, I'm going to say it's like 2.20. And then I'll look at the clock and it's 2.18. Oh my God. Is that because some part of your subconscious is always like one eye open? Uh, it might world? be, but yeah. I, I do have that. I'm able to guess the time and sometimes many times it's within five ten minutes what time is it right now well i've been podcasting for a while so i Already can't say sense. but let's see let's see we started you see now don't look <laughs> jesus christ i shouldn't have looked i looked right at the huge red digital clock and he followed my eyes i don't yeah. know if you put a gun to my head it'd say 203 and how many seconds probably 35 36 oh. wow spot on incredible um yeah, it's just, you know, there's a giant digital clock in the room. I know you were trying to test me, but... Um, just trying to keep you sharp, boss. Yeah. Like I'm your it. Cato. I got to come at you, you know, keep you sharp. I like it. I'm opposite with time. I'll be like, I, oh, I, I wake know. up in the middle of the night. I know. Oh. I know you are. Well, Sona, what time oh, is it right now? you know me better than me? It's four o'clock. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh. That was a nice night of sleep, and then it's midnight. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. But I'm way off. I think you might be way off, though, because you uh, you get some pharmaceutical help at night. I, yeah. Do you just, you do the uh, the edibles at night? Not every night, but yeah, a lot. Did you, because it used to be de rigueur, you always did it. Yeah, you yeah. always yeah. took edibles every night. Then Mikey and Charlie entered your life. Yeah. And to be a good mom, you probably can't have edibles, right? Because yeah. you just gave it straight to them. Well, no, I, th- uh, yeah, I know. Well, when I was breastfeeding, <laughs> they I slept couldn't. Really, they slept great. And then, uh, yeah, I think that there's a point where you're just kind of like, fuck it. I'll just <laughs> go back to what I did before. But now, you know, they wake up sometimes. You're listening and- to advice for new mothers <laughs> with Sonam Obsession. Take a few gummies and fuck it. So, no, I, so when did you, when did you decide to get back on the sweet, sweet ganja? I think immediately when I was done breastfeeding, I was like, okay, now it's time for, for the sweet ganj to okay. get back into my life. Yeah. I, it's, my, it's my thing. It's my vice. You drink wine, I take edibles. Would we ever do a segment where the three of us get high and, and record? It feels irresponsible. It feels like we're putting a message out there that, uh, you know, we think, because it's a gateway drug. Oh, um, oh, you oh dork. God. To fun. <laughs> Gateway to fun, you nerd. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't have it. I can't. I am the Jack Webb. I don't comedy. think it affects nice you. Nice reference. Think you're so, I am. Uh, is it? Yeah. yeah it is. Trust me. Yeah. I didn't get it. That's why I just went right through it. <laughs> I was being ironic. Watch. Oh. You got to You're a, you're a fan of the old Dragnets, yeah. right? Yeah. They're hilarious. It okay. was a show um, yeah. Yeah, that was very much anti drug. Yeah, that's what I'll no, do no, in my free time. They're really funny. They're I mean, And not intentionally, but they're really funny. And they're constantly. Um, they're constantly. Yelling at hippies. It's not the yelling. squarest thing mankind has ever produced. Yeah. And <sighs> okay. and and, yeah. and they will always 
um, rattle off. My favorite thing was trying to be educational, but the hippies were always over the top comical. <laughs> and one of my favorite, uh, um, Jack Webb, he did Dragnip. I think he also did Adam 12. Mm. And uh, once the Adam 12 police, it was a, t- I'll never forget this exchange. They, they pull over a, what's supposed to be a hippie on a motorcycle. And the, the representation by these really square 1960s, you know, comedy writers who are probably in their 50s of a hippie was he's wearing like a World War I German helmet. <laughs> And he's got a he's got a monocle, and he's incredibly disrespectful to the police. And 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 Reed and Malloy, the two cops, are patiently trying to tell him, you know, he broke the law. And he's like, yeah, you know, pigs, I smell bacon, all this kind of ridiculous uh, nonsense. And then at one point, they say, well, we're going to have to fill out an FI report on you. And the hippie says, FI, what does that stand for? Foolish idiot. And oh, Malloy or Reed says to him. In this case, yes. And the hippie goes, huh? And his like monocle falls out. <laughs> like sick burn on the hippie. I love the depictions of hippies uh, by square comedy writers in late 60s and early 70s TV. Yeah. It's you, absolutely hilarious. Did you just watch that episode? No, no. I, that's burned into my brain. Um, there was a Jackie Gleason variety show where they were making fun of hippies and a hippie uh, runs out and he's carrying a sign that says, down with everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everyone's tolerating and rolling their eyes at the unruly hippie. And then I think they scare him by saying, look out, here comes someone with a bar of soap. And the hippie gets scared and runs away. I mean, come on. I swear to God. Come on, all this anti, anti-hippie stuff. It just cracked me up as a kid, and it still cracks me up. I'm sitting between the biggest hippie, Sona, always high, head in the clouds, and then the time. biggest square... Conan O'Brien. That's true. That's actually very true. You're not a square, though, but you're uh, you're straight-laced. What's what's cool about me? You know what? I think you're a cool guy. Seriously? Yeah. Name something that's cool about me. Yeah, Sona. Seriously. And Name got, some one thing one thing that's cool. One, don't, two, three, so, go. Don't, don't think. Just go. Try and buy time. What You said you're a cool guy. What's <laughs> kind of cool about me? Can I tell you what I think is cool? That cool comedians think that your comedy is cool. So you yourself, I don't know. But like the people, <laughs> the people you have inspired are cool. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. that's cool. Right. But you, per, you yourself, this is the assignment. Assignment. It shouldn't be an assignment. You should just be just running off at the mouth about all the cool things about Conan O'Brien right now. Mm. You know, you just did a whole thing about Dragnet. You make it very hard for me to think about this stuff. Quite. I'm quite the ladies' man. Hmm. The whole time I've I've worked for you, you've you've been in a lovely, healthy relationship. Okay. What what about this? True. True. Guilty. Yeah. Um, which it which is cool. That is That's cool. cool. Yeah, I throw down with anyone. You've seen me get in a few tussles in my day. Never. No. I think that we always talk about the one fight you've been in. That's it, which but didn't that's go also well. Cool that you got beat up. Did really not, quickly. You don't. You don't get into fights and yeah. stuff. You're not like <laughs> except a, to be square, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm in a stable relationship, and I've managed to avoid any kind of turbulence or violence. You're so square. There's no cooler that you're guy cool. in the whole wide world than Conan. When trouble's around, he's home at sleep. His wife made vegetables. She's so appreciative. Conan O'Brien. Hey, did you hear about the big trouble that happened downtown? Yeah. Where was Conan? He was at home checking his cholesterol. Apparently, it's 185. Not bad for a man his age. 
<laughs> hey, did you hear what Conan's up to? What's he up to? He just read a book alongside his wife, who was also reading a different book. Wow. Then what happened? They wow. turned in early. <laughs> Conan Brian, you better watch out. If you're in his house, in his bedroom, you might run into him. <laughs> that does sound pretty cool. You are cool. You are. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon just put out the Conan signal. Did Conan show up? No. He was at home with the windows closed and the shades pulled down. <laughs> I don't like a breeze. It interrupts my sleep patterns. Uh, you yeah. have a thousand leather jackets. That's cool. Whoa. Whoa. I do have a That's lot of That's just because he cosplays as the Fonz. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I go to birthday parties for kids who don't even know what the Fonz is, and I cosplay as someone they don't know. I go, you watch Barry? You watch the acting teacher on Barry? Imagine him much younger in a leather jacket. And I'm the font. Hey. And then they escort me out of the birthday party. Which you weren't invited to. Which in I wasn't invited place. to anyway. Yeah. Sir, if you come up, if you show up at another bar mitzvah birthday party, you're in serious trouble. Uh, who are you talking to? Conan or the Fonz? Hey. Uh, okay. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's decided. I'm the coolest guy that ever was. Oh, mm. I don't mm. think uh, Hey, my guest today has appeared in such TV series. What's the opposite of second? <laughs> There's never been a better time than, than now to change the subject. My guest today has appeared in such TV series as Fargo, Dexter, and Mad Men. Now you can see him in the new Peacock series, A Friend of the Family. He also produced a new documentary, Say Hey, Willie Mays, which is available on HBO Max on November 8th. Very excited. He's here today. Colin Hanks, welcome. You and I, and I'm not special because of this, but you and I have always gotten along very well. Yeah. I've, uh, the first time I met you, I said to myself, I like the cut of this man's jib. Ooh. Yeah. Um, a phrase that. you don't hear all the time. No. But then I realized, oh, you probably just get that a lot. You're a very lovely guy. You're a talented fellow. I appreciate so, that. So I'm not in some special club no. for liking me some Colin Hanks. No, but I will say that you were always very kind to me because when we actually first met, I was just a super fan of your show and had gone to tapings. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I remember seeing you at the old late night show when you came out to LA. Oh, you came to one of those when we traveled the show. When you to traveled LA. to LA. Uh, I remember meeting you then uh, and you were incredibly kind and gracious and, and nice when you really, truly did not have to be. I didn't want to be. I know. I it know. Was, it was everything well, I could do. Because that's my gig. That's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when I was in college, I really sort of took it as like, a. I felt like I had made it because I had been on your program before oh, nice. Andy left for the first time. I don't know. He He's left, left seven times. He's left seven times. Yeah. yeah. He always says I'm out and we always have a giant salute to him. And then he comes back. But it uh, was, it was such like a point of pride. Like I really did feel like, Oh wow. I, I'm, I'm officially like part of this thing, show business, whatever you want to oh, call cool. it. Um, and so I think it's always just been a little bit of a, a, a mutual admiration society. Yeah, we, we, uh, we get along real, real fine. Hmm. Uh, um, but uh, it's, it's a really yeah. weird way to say yeah, that. Really I don't weird. think so. I think, I think when I'm talking to Colin, I, I slip into a certain vernacular that he and I understand. He's saying a cut of his jib and yeah. it's yeah. fine, like a knife. Real it's fine. all, yeah. <laughs> we get like, along really, yeah. really fine. And yeah. Like, yeah. It's just Weird. Are it's you all... sure you guys aren't just close and he's not just a translator for you? <laughs> 
I think that's probably it. Could okay. be. Yeah. Could be. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember, um, and we were bringing this up. I was walking along the beach one day, as I do. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the beginning of a song. Yeah. I was walking along <laughs> the beach one day, and uh, and I saw you, and I was so excited because you had just been in the show Fargo. Yes. Mm. And I loved it. I was wary because I thought, this is one of my favorite movies. How is this going to be a TV show? Yeah. And so I went on for about 15 minutes about how thrilled I was that you were in Fargo, how great you were. I loved your character. And I was looking forward to more. And you broke the news to me on the beach that, no, it, it all changes up after every year. <laughs> and I swear to God, I was devastated oh. because I, I really got, I don't know if other people have had this with Fargo. I'm sure they have. I've really liked different seasons, but I really liked that season mm. and thought, oh, great. I'm, I'm on this journey and yeah. I'm going to see Colin and these other terrific actors go forward. Yeah. And then it, they reshuffled the deck and I was, uh, I was frankly enraged. There was a, well, that was a, a brilliant les lesson in show business is that I had waited, I think seven years to like try and find like a program that was like as, as good as my hopes w were. Yeah. And in that time they, they created uh, shows that only exist for one season. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there was that era of show business, which you and I know, uh, Colin, I'm, uh, I'm sure much older than you, but we both remember that era of show business where you get a on a show and it clicks and everyone likes it. You're all set for seven years. Yeah. And then just uh, at some point, in the not, not too long ago, they uh, they changed it up. So it's like, did you like that? I really liked it. Good. It's gone. <laughs> because the streaming model, and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Can't we have more of those? And yet the, the, the argument uh, can easily be made that that's what makes those, you know, those seasons so good because there's a, a definite beginning, middle, and an end. Mm. Right. Uh, I, that's how I like my storytelling. That's not how I like my jobs, <laughs> but that's how I like my storytelling. <laughs> no, I like my jobs. It goes and goes and goes. You're all middle, man. I'm all middle. I don't like a beginning. I just like my career pretty much has been, I got started in 1985, went right to the middle and have stayed there. Yeah. You and know? just found different parts of the middle to yeah. go. Yeah, and, they, and people keep suggesting you could probably move on now. You're over <laughs> eighty to the to the a later part, like to the part where the bears find Goldilocks. Uh, and I'm like, no, no, no. I like the part where I'm still trying out the beds. Well, that, I mean, that. I think that's actually really one of the cool things about like your journey, for lack of a better phrase, is that you've always seemed to be the one that goes towards the area that that tickles you the most. Yes. That yeah. keeps you as engaged as possible. I am because, very selfish. Well, but, <laughs> I just like but to, to be, be happy. Well, but to be honest, like that actually makes everything else, it, it makes all the other components of show business worthwhile. Yeah. Do you know, if you're not, trust me, if you're not digging it, it is a drag to, you know, for everybody else. And that is, I think, one of the reasons why I think it's so fantastic that you've like created this space. Yeah. Because I thought like, oh man, I'm coming and I'm going to see Conan and it's going to be Gorley and like four other people. 
and that's it. And it's going to, I don't know what the space is going to be like. This is a happening. I mean, you created a, a, a fun house here. Yeah. The model was uh, Hugh Hefner's Chicago home, his yes. townhouse. <laughs> Which uh, explains in, your outfit. In 1965. It explains your outfit. I am uh, wearing a, a beautiful robe right now. And your wig. Uh, <laughs> you know, people tell me that it was, uh, it's not the right era anymore. And I don't see any evidence, evidence of that. No, in, in not the in the style. And, and your misogyny. It's uh, all, it's, it's all, it's all still there. <laughs> no, we found this uh, space, which we talk about from time to time, but we found this space in Larchmont, which is this really nice, cool happening area yeah. of LA. And, uh, and we built our little, I, I wanted a Pee Wee's Playhouse. I wanted a bat cave. Yeah, I wanted totally. a place where uh, now. I think of this more as your little like subterranean silence of the lambs. Well. You know? oh. Well, you just go through a dark place. <laughs> well, it's a dark room. There are fam- you have been outside yeah. of this no, room, right? Let me out. No, no? Oh. And, and and also that to be fair, why I haven't seen you in yeah. so long. To be long. fair to Gorley, there are fingernails embedded in the wall. <laughs> yeah, mine. Um. <laughs> you keep putting lotion on. <laughs> Nobody knows why. I'm waiting for the basket to come yeah, down. I never, any I never asked you to put on lotion. That was your idea. <laughs> just give me a this basket. Is, this is a ver- this is a version of Silence of the Lambs where Gorley's at the bottom of the well and he keeps asking for more lotion. And the serial killer's like, what? Wait, wait, what? I put the lotion in the basket. It's, it, you've never looked better in a kimono, though. It's, I think it's very important to say. You should see me out of it. You're in the kimono. Oh, He's you will. dressed up in I a robe. Um, I, I'm curious because I do feel like there are ways in which we uh, overlap. Mm-hmm. You walked in today and I saw what you were wearing and that is the way, that is my default way of dressing. Uh, <laughs> It is. It's it's the way that I like to dress. I remember I, seeing you on your show going like, he's fighting my style. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I I I I you're you know, you're wearing this uh very nice uh Levi's jean jacket mm-hmm. and you've got uh, the the cool uh dark jeans and you got a nice shirt and you got the cool boots and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Yes, yes. I this is the way I'm most comfortable." And then I'm remembering that wait a minute, I think we both are freaks about Certain things like typewriters, yeah, uh, guitars, guitars, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have similar uh, sicknesses. Correct. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> How many do you collect guitars? I call. Yeah. Well, no, I don't necessarily collect them, but I have collected. Me too. Them. Me do you too. know what? So yeah. next thing I know, I'm I'm counting, and it's like, oh, that's ten guitars. That's right. that's that's more than just you know, yeah. When you have two. more guitars than chords, you know, it's a, it's a problem. I, I, it took me a while and then I figured out that's the definition of when you have a problem. Like, you know, in, in AA, they have all these different ways of deciding, wait a minute, yeah. if you've consistently missed yeah. work because of drinking, then you you are an alcoholic. They have these rules. That's my rule for guitars. Yeah. And, uh, and that's true because I know about, yeah. Nine chords. You only need nine. That's all you need. Technically, you only need three. You need three guitars and the truth, man. That's all you need. He's fighting fascism with that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I'm just, and I know that um, uh, I fetishize typewriters to Mm -hmm. the point where Gourley recently, I acquired, and when I say a new typewriter, I mean a new old typewriter. Mm -hmm. And I dragged Matt upstairs in our offices here. I'm like, you got to see this. 
And I was sure he'd be into it, and he wasn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> you were, because you're like, oh, I don't really type. Oh, that's nice. No, you're being nice. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold no, on. No, no, no. no. That was no. a strange no. because I'm- No, no, I'm no. furious. Oh, 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 right. oh, oh my lord. <laughs> oh, whoa. That's furious? <laughs> Quick, back furious. up, back up, back up. He's about to blow. Look out. Uh, I was just trying to, like, show my kind of, what a novice I was. I see. And I really thought that was a beautiful typewriter, um, which is to say also that you always get on me for that kind of thing. And you are the king of those. Yes. Well, I always attack you yeah. for, and it's called, I, I've learned projection. Right. <laughs> I, I attack Gorley for things which are uh, my own flaws, things maybe I loathe about myself. Maybe. And I just want to say for the record, it's not that I don't type, it's that I can't type. I you don't know how type. to do the, I hunt and peck. So oh. I was like admiring and going, wow, I wish I could type. I don't type. You know what you I mean? You can still hunt and peck on a, on a typewriter though. There are I plenty know, of people that just go one, one finger per hand and do it like that. In fact, more often than not, that's how I do it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's really just more about getting into that rhythm and then also not caring if you mess up. So okay. then you just sort of go, all right, backspace a little bit, XXXXX. Or and use then, whiteout. They have a whiteout pen. Anyway, <laughs> it's I the same out. thing I do with guitar, just one finger on each hand. There you go. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you got the right tuning, that's all you need. Do you write letters to people? Uh, I do from time to time. Not not as much as I would care to. Just I, I do that. I write letters to people. And I got a very nice letter from you, uh, typewritten. Uh, about Fargo. When yeah, that, when and then I forget that I've done it. And so sometimes people come up to me and go, you sly dog. And I don't I don't remember <laughs> that I sent them a letter. And they'll go, and that joke at the end about uh, you know, the Kaiser's helmet. And I think, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. The Kaiser's helmet, that sounds like me though. That sounds like <laughs> something that I would say. And you're just, you're, you're just a backward sleuth in, in, that, in that regard. If you work in B2B, this one's for you. Yep, no one knows what you do, but fortunately, LinkedIn has the people who do. I'm talking about LinkedIn ads. It's a B2B ad platform. That's business to business. There it is. Yep, and it's also a boy band I almost started. <laughs> and it's a, biz it's a platform that allows companies to advertise their products or services. You can target professionals by title, function, industry, and more. Generate leads, drive website traffic, and build brands awareness with LinkedIn ads. Business-to-business -business advertising is about reaching the right people, and LinkedIn has over, get this, 70 million decision makers on their platform. Wow. Yep, with LinkedIn ads, you can reach the people who really need to know what you do. Now listen, it gets even better too because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. That's not bad. Just go to linkedin.com slash teamcoco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash teamcoco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. 
Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Let's talk about your uh, Twitter bio, how you describe yourself. Okay. Possibly that guy from that one thing you think is way underrated. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great description. I don't think it's uh, justified, I but it's very that. funny. I it's appreciate funny. that. Well, there, there. look, uh, there was a, a period where I, I derived a lot of joy from from social media. Not, not so much these days, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but uh, there was just something about that idea of like, how on earth would I like describe myself, like, I don't know. And there's just, uh, there's so many people that would tell me like, pick the thing. It doesn't matter where they just go like, man, that's so underrated. So I just went, yeah, probably like, you know, (laughs) the one guy that they remember from that thing that's way underrated. Like that just struck me as like, that's, that's not too bad. Like, that's a good thing to aim for. It's so funny because there was a time in my life uh, in the nineties when people would come up to me and they'd say, I really like your show. And you know, people get mad at me. (laughs) People are like, what are you talking about? You know, the guy who replaced Letterman, what? And and I like hold my ground and I go, look, I'll give you that he's, you know, he's not easy on the eyes and I'll give you like, and I'm sitting there thinking, please stop talking. Just stop, please. This is not, this is, this is not going the way that you think that this is going. I don't, but for me, like there's, uh, there, there's something to be said about, um, Um, I I never assume that anyone is going to actually know who the hell I am. And, and quite frankly, if they do, they probably don't even remember my name. I'm just someone else's like attachment, like, oh, you're so-and-so's son. Right. Okay. So that's, that's fine. That's a whole nother can of worms. But like the idea that someone could say, I saw you in something. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I remember it being good. (laughs) That is like on, on like the meter of like, you never want someone to go, how do I know you? What's the, uh, oh, it's the worst. Tell, it's me, the worst. tell me what you've been in. Yeah. And you go, well, I was in this thing. No, not that. <laughs> well, I was in this other thing. No, definitely not that. The, the, Ooh, the, I saw that. Yeah. Ooh, you're not oh, in that, are you? Oh, you're in that. <laughs> Take it all back. I gotta oh, go. Geez. I gotta go. It's uh, not you. The idea that someone could say, I remember you from something I liked and you made an impression. That to me struck me as like, that's a good place. That's a good place to aim for. Right. Where they go, I believed you. (laughs) (laughs) Truly like that. I believed you enough to go. Oh yeah. He was great in that one thing that I saw and I remember liking, but I don't remember what the name is. That to me struck me as like, that's the sweet spot that that you want to be in. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, and I've been on the other end of it too, where I've been talking to people that I idolize and I realized uh, cut it off. I mean, not, not, in a, not, in a, not in a professional interview yeah, yeah. setting, but I run into them and I start to realize I step outside myself and say, you're talking too much. <laughs> you know, it doesn't get better than, oh my God, you're one of my favorite. I, I was in New York, uh, recently when I was in a restaurant and I'm leaving and I see, oh my God, Al, Al Pacino is in mm. the corner sitting at a table. I mean, there's, that's Al Pacino. Well, he was in The Godfather. I'm just assuming that you don't remember what don't it remember. was that you saw. I no idea. He was in The Godfather. Oh. He was also in a thing called Sin of a Woman, which a lot of people, a that's lot- That's what I know him Yeah, about. there you go. But I saw him and um, he like, 
Sammy, he sees me. He's motioning me, motioning me over. And I'm like, wow. That's so I go great. over and he's like, uh, Carbines, good to see you. And I'm like, wow, uh, wow, Mr. Pacino, this is fantastic. And then I'm talking and all I, I said, like, look, you're just one of my favorite. And I've met him before yeah. casually, but I just want, you're just, I just have to say you're one of my favorite actors of all time. Appreciate it, appreciate it very much. And then I kept talking. Oh. And then I had just seen Serpico mm-hmm. like two nights before. And there's a scene in Serpico where he's chasing someone from a robbery and he tackles him near a stairway and they both fall all the way down the stairs. And it's clearly, it's 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 Al Pacino falling all the way down the stairs. Wow. And I went, and then Serpico, Serpico, and he's going, oh, oh that's oh yeah. And I went, and you fell down those stairs. <laughs> oh no. And he's going, He's looking at me and kind of smiling and nodding. <laughs> he fell down these stairs in 1974. <laughs> and also it is not a critical part of the movie. <laughs> it's not It's not important to the movie at all. It's just what I remember. And I'm like, you, you fell down those stairs. And he went, well, yeah, and I went, then I realized, get out, get out fast. <laughs> you've, you've ruined everything. And I went, well, I've got to go. And I kind of ran away. And then um, weeks later, I meet this uh, person who was sitting at the table with him, who's a film producer, who said, uh, we saw you in New York. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just, you were talking and like mid-sentence, you said, got to go and ran away. And Al Pacino was like, what do you run away for? I wanted to tell you, I was enjoying talking to him. You know? I was like, oh, no. And uh, so I'm, I think I'm the first person maybe in 50 years who... Yeah. Al Pacino was talking to, and I'm like, yeah, I'm out, <laughs> and ran away. You got in your head. I got yeah. in my you head. Got in your so head. I got in my it's... head. One way I talked too much, you fell down those stairs. Yeah. What stairs are you What's he talking about? And then I I got my head the other way and ran away. Yeah. Self-cock block. Rudely. It, it's self-cock block. So when do you decide, you're clearly like, I'm of uh, the, the belief that I meet someone, I talk to them for a while, and I think I know, they've always been this person. You've always been Colin. You're this mm-hmm. funny, uh, charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. When do you realize, uh, as a young man, as a kid, that, yeah, uh, acting, act, I, wanna, I want to do that. I have a facility for that. That's what I'd like to do. It, and was there another option? Not a real legit other option. You know, uh, maybe if I had learned that 10th guitar chord, then maybe the bands I had been in in high school and college would have worked out a little bit more. To be honest, it really just came down to it was the most fun. Acting was the thing that I I was drawn to the most. And when there was the least amount of pressure on me to enjoy it, that was when I enjoyed it the most. And, you know, there was a period there where it seemed like everyone was like, well, of course, that's what you're going to do. And so, of course, there was that sort of like young man version of like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to smoke pot all day and watch television instead. And that'll show you like there was no there, there was no other like real option. But it really it and, you know, this is the one thing I, I will sort of credit credit the old man with. Um, is he said like, look, you have to want to do this. If you don't really want this, then come up with something else. Like, cause you will be miserable. And the truth of the matter is, is I enjoy, I enjoy what I do so much that when it's great, I don't want to do anything else. Right. I've been on jobs where it's less than ideal. You know, it is way too hot. It is, I am way too tired. It is 
physically exhausting. You're talking about pornography? (laughs) Well, but I really enjoy that in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but this is what people don't understand about pornography. There's a lot of standing and waiting around. There is. There's a lot. I'm sorry. There is. There there are not stand-ins, which that Love Actually (laughs) movie really pushed a false narrative there. There there are no stand-ins in pornography, so I'm told. Yeah. Um, But it it, it can be a very, very challenging job. Like, in, in the moment. Well, the reason the space I was headed to was John Candy because oh, yeah. I know that uh, you are working with Ryan Reynolds. I'm working. Yeah. So Ryan approached me about uh, doing directing a, a John Candy documentary. Right. And uh, I, I wanted to talk about this because John Candy was one of my comedy heroes. Yes. I grew up watching SCTV, but you know, I, I really saw him on SCTV and was just enchanted with this guy. And I had the opportunity to spend some time with him when I was in college. Oh, wow. He taught me a lesson. He was everything I wanted John Candy to be Mm -hmm. in person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes that's not the case. Yeah. You know, you you meet Majority of times. Majority of times you, you idolize someone, you think they're great and you meet them. And they're not that person. And and it's not their fault. They're projecting something that we all like. And then we want them to be that. Yeah. He was that times 10. He was yeah. the John Candy that I was hoping he would be times 10. And he was great. And I remembered uh, talking to him pretty late at night, having a chat with him. And he asked me what I was thinking of doing. And I said, I might like to try comedy. Mm-hmm. And he looked like through me, like into my <laughs> eyes. And he said, he, was, he said kid a lot, yeah. like like Johnny LaRue, like, hey, kid. <laughs> and he said, kid, you don't try comedy. You do it because you have to. Oh, wow. And I walked away from that thinking, he's right. I mean, if I'm in, I'm all in. There's no trying it. And huh, that's, that's this, isn't, right no, this isn't working out. I think I will we'll take the LSAT. Yeah. Uh, instead, you're like, actually, I will take <laughs> oh this God. LSD and just make jokes instead. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my God. What? The LSATs? Were you going to be a, a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, well, that was my, yeah. my fallback. And it still is my fallback. Oh, okay. <laughs> what yeah. kind of lawyer? Well, I'm just whatever lawyer Kim Kardashian is, that's what I'm going to be. <laughs> oh. She's a lawyer and okay. I'm a lawyer. Don't uh-huh. give up on your secondary dream. <laughs> yeah. That's the most inspirational thing. <laughs> Never give up on your fallback. Yeah. <laughs> you don't try to be a Kim Kardashian lawyer. You Yeah. Never what, never stop checking that safety. That's what net. Kim Kardashian would probably say to me. I yeah. said, you know, sometimes I think I might try being a lawyer. You don't try being a lawyer slash owner of the Spanx empire. <laughs> or skims. 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 Sorry, sorry. Skims. Did I say <laughs> Yeah. It's skims. Are they different? Of course they're different. They're two completely different brands. But I mean, they, that's they like both Pepsi were... and Coke. Okay. Okay. Look, yeah. everyone's on me. Uh, no, I, no, I'm asking. <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah. I made a mistake. Is that like Pepsi and Coke? It is. It's two different brands of like, you know, getting it in. Is there, <laughs> is there, that hey, can I ask a quick question? Also, wow. Did we just come up with a different term for pornography getting as well? It in? Yeah. Getting it What is this? Getting, getting it in. in. Getting it getting right, in. getting it tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a, <laughs> that's the, that's, that's trademark that. Is yeah. there, well, it's Your Eric, lawyer, Erica Brown that. is always Erica saying Brown, that. Gergit. She works, oh. she works here and she pretty much runs everything here at the Conan Empire. And yeah. Erica Brown, who uh, is the queen, she says, get it right, get it tight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my question is, is there a skims, slash spanks for men. 
I think there is. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is. No, is there? Because I, I would like yeah. that. It's I would just like spanks. Mm. Oh, it's just it's me wearing. It, there's just male spanks. There's male yeah. spanks. There oh, are. Yeah. yeah. Are there oh, male yeah. skims? I'm sure I, there are. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I don't I've know. gotta gotta have those. Okay. Well, it's a little late now. <laughs> it's gonna... a podcast. You don't need them now. <laughs> yeah. I do. I know. There's some video here. I hate to break it to you, but there's some video. Oh, there is. Why, yes. Why do you say it so conspiratorially I'm... or kind of sexually? Like I've well, because you know I have those weighted blankets. Yeah. And it makes people feel the idea of me being held closely all day. Oh, you, this is your posture in, right in now. my various areas. Uh, <laughs> oh, stop. Various stop. areas. I'm not going to buy them for you. What's that? You have to go and do that. I yourself. can't go. You have to go. You're my assistant. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You have to go That's and a say, hard pass. I'm here to buy some skims slash spanks. <laughs> For Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Hold on, we've got we've got verification. Yeah, verification. No male skims yet. Oh, oh. There are male hey, let's get this out to the Kardashians. Spanx, right? No, no, no. Don't yeah. give it to the Kardashians. Yeah, you create a brand. Yeah, yeah. Oh my you God. do lawyering and you do spanking. Oh, I have to mention this. I think we may have mentioned this before, but it just cracks me up. You know, there's a lot of celebrities out there. And Ryan Reynolds, one, he's got a like an aviator gin, I believe. I've got a, a company called Hank's Kerchief. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm a patron That's of right. your company. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not only that, my jacket is literally lined with a Hank's Look kerchief. Look at that. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That is a wonderful See, lining. It's got the little logo and everything. Hey, They're wait great. a minute. You know what I love? Did you want to sell handkerchiefs or did you have to because of the name Because of Hanks? the name? I wanted to and sell. And what were the other options? I wanted to sell. I wanted to sell kerchiefs. And then as I was sitting there about Four minutes after I thought of the idea, I burst out laughing because uh. I, I thought of the name. And so many people, there was one group of people that were like, no, you, you really shouldn't do that. that. That's hard to pronounce. And I said, it's easy. Hank's kerchiefs. And they're like, no, people are going to think it's Hank's kerchiefs. And I'm like, you just said it. Not yeah. a problem. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a problem. So, because... Uh, <laughs> I did know that you were just <laughs> and I thought that you didn't want to, but because it fits your name, I you just had, had to. to. I, like and going, maybe, I, you have to do O'Brien's potatoes. I do. Yeah, whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you want to know what O'Brien's potatoes? Do you like potatoes, Conan? No, I can't have them. They make me that of you. Uh, so no, you so, eat so many potatoes, and then you need your special uh, Conan O'Brien spanks. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, anyway, market I, I, demand. Why don't I, you do spanks, but just call them straight up Hanks? Yes. Wow. Mm, there you Listen, go. Listen, I will. I will invest in the company. Okay. I think that you are the front man for the. We call them Hanks, mm -hmm. and uh, it is male Spanks. Mm -hmm. um, they can't sue you because that's your name. You've that had that true. your entire life. That is true. And uh, I will be an investor. I also want to be in on the design. Oh. Great. I have a lot of ideas about where it should hug and hold. Oh. Okay. <sighs> All the areas. Why are people getting bummed out? Because wow. you say it in yeah. such a creepy way. I'm and trying. You, you hear you. Yeah. I, and I'm empowering it, myself to talk about my body. Yeah. But when yeah, you I don't say like it, the you, way you don't understand when it. you say it, we are then forced to think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And visualize it. Mm -hmm. you can I'm just visualizing it and I'm telling you, we're doing this. No. We're doing, this. <laughs> we're doing it. Thanks. We're doing it. We can't Thanks. release this podcast until we've, you know, 
Oh, trust me, this was never going to be released. Okay, good, 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 good. I mean, (laughs) we got off to such a bad start and you made these weird, crazy political statements early on. (laughs) And then you said some religious stuff. So this can't go out. No, great. Uh, (laughs) Excited that that is the case? (laughs) Excited that that is the case? But anyway, back to what we were saying. I'm so glad that you're doing this documentary on John Candy because he was important to me. And you should tell, I mean, I'm sure you're going to, but people like Marty Short, they have great stories. Oh. All, I mean, Kennedy, all of them. I, I, I'm actually most excited about the ability to be able to talk to as many people that John worked with and was close with because everybody sort of feels the same. Yeah. <laughs> there's not there's not really anybody who goes, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> and he was just so great in everything. And what makes it so tragic is that well, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that that make it tragic, but like he really was on the cusp, I think, of becoming like a really beloved dramatic actor. Yeah. And I and I think he was like one role away from that actually really becoming the the, the case. Cause he the blueprint is all there. He did a sketch. He was in a sketch, an SCTV sketch that's one of it seared my brain. <laughs> it seared my brain. There was a sketch, it was a promo for a television show, a Western called Yellow Belly. And John Candy plays Yellow Belly. And the whole song is, he's such a coward. It's like Yellow Belly, the coward. And he's, so he's dressed as this uh, sort of cavalry soldier and he's shaking and quaking and he's afraid. And he's walking down the street and a woman and her daughter, like wearing bonnets, walk by. And the daughter, I think, I'm getting this wrong, I'm sure. But what I remember is the daughter sort of whispering to the mom, like, Mom, who is that man? And she goes, Shunny, it's Yellow Belly. And John Candy turns and shoots them both in the back. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's, I was watching that. I was watching that with my brothers in, I don't know, oh 1977 in, in Rhode Island, in Misquamacut, Rhode Island at my grandfather's house, huddled around a black and white TV and my mind exploded through my skull that you could do that. And then the song goes, yellow belly. <laughs> That was like your Hulk and the Gamma Ray's origin story. Seriously, no, I mean, that, the idea was so wrong and so funny and he was so good in it. Uh, And so when I finally got to meet him, I just said, I'm sorry, Yellow Bell. And he was like, (laughs) like, chuckled chuckled about Yellow Bell. Oh, that's amazing. uh, But um, Well, I'd love to talk with you for the doc. I make no promises that you'll make the cut, but- Well, as long as you meet my fee. Yes, I'll meet your fee. I will, all the brown M&Ms. I've read the contract. <laughs> I've read the contract. <laughs> well, I'm excited because on, honestly, like the, the uh, majority, the documentaries that I've directed have all been sort of music focused. Mm-hmm. What are the bands that just uh, blow your mind? That uh, I mean, there's What's your a, go-to there's a bunch. these days? The go-to these, well, Queens of the Stone Age yes. is, is yeah. always sort of like the, the primary one for me just because there's so, there's no one else like them. I didn't realize, I mean, I, I, I realized it at the time. I didn't take it for granted, but for, you know, almost 30 years, I had this steady stream of bands being, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd show up to work and I'd be like, who are these guys? Their name's Green Day. Yeah. Well, we'll see if I make it, you know, <laughs> and, and they would perform eight feet from me and then I'd walk over and thank them and yeah. I'd get to see them at rehearsal, but uh, so many bands would come in and and they were brought in every day yeah. that 
I didn't have to go out looking for music. Yeah. And then in the last year or so, I noticed what's going on? Something's missing. Mm -hmm. Like something primal and important <laughs> is missing from my life. And um, my wife said, well, you really don't talk to the children. I said, that's not it. <laughs> they don't want to- Back to your room. They don't want to talk to you yeah. anyway. So they're old enough. They don't want- They, don't want they anything just want my money. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so anyway, marriage isn't going well. Uh, <laughs> you spit it out. I did, I did an actual spit. You did an actual spit. Take. That's good. Oh, good. God, I hate to give you that. <laughs> but no, I totally understand what you're but, saying because you yeah. you were in a position where your your job right. You were in an environment that was actually nurturing of musicians and you, like yeah. you were able to soak that up as much as they were able oh, to soak it up. Oh, I was just in, in heaven. But what I did do, my my daughter is, uh, who's just turned 19, but when she was 18, she loves music and she's a musician. And she said, um, she really wanted to go to Coachella. Mm -hmm. She said, you want to come along? And I said, yes, I'll, I'll go to Coachella. And it was such an eye-opening experience for me because I didn't know a bunch yeah. of the bands. And um, she educated me. She said, okay, here are all the bands we could listen oh, to. Oh, that's great. And so she played for me all this different music. And I'd be like, wait, who are these people? And she said, well, that's that's uh, you know Japanese Breakfast. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, they're, they're really great. Well, we're going to go see them then. And then she'd oh, play another band and another band. And so um, it was, I saw some people that I knew, mm -hmm. uh, of course, or people that I had heard of, but mm -hmm. I saw a lot of music. You're standing there with a lot of other people, most of them barely clothed. Mm -hmm. uh, were you also wearing like a, a Native American headdress and, <laughs> and skimpy clothing? Well- because that's what that's, I understand. This is, the, this, yeah. is the, this is the one time I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, uh, he's wearing his yeah. Spanx. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was, no, uh, it was uh, it was the amount of near nudity that yeah. I saw was, um, and and you do start to feel like a librarian, like, Ooh, maybe they should try clothing. You know, you're like, take it easy, old man. So I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wanted to, so I was like, oh, look, you know, there's someone's ass. But like, Why cool. would you say that? Not even. Well, you should, did you say that? I did. Oh, jeez. Hey, there's an ass. <laughs> no. Wait, that's not what I do? Don't do those things no. either. Oh, okay. No, don't Money say man, that. You're not supposed to do that. Have you gone to Coachella? I have. I haven't gone to Coachella in a very long time, though. I, I, I hate to admit it. I, I mean, I remember going, there was a, a good stretch there when I went pretty much every year. I think you and I are going together. Oh. Ooh. What if we went together? As let's. 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 Yeah. Blay? I'm in. Great. Are you coming to play? No, he's just going to film it. I mean, he'll be there, but he's just going to film it. Can you monetize it? <laughs> <laughs> no, my phone's totally charged, guys. I'm definitely filming you doing all of this stuff. Yeah, we're saying they're selfies, but they're taken from 60 feet away. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. we have to fake that I have really long arms. But like, I mean, concerts in general and festivals, like I, I love going to shows like that was one of the things that I really that really did me in with the pandemic is like taking like live music and concerts away and like that was soul crushing for me for for those two two years three how many years I don't even 18 remember. years nobody knows 18 years no one even we knows anymore but I will say this and it made me sad but I really wanted to bring it down yeah being <laughs> Well, I was going to mention the crash of the Hindenburg, so we each have, but you beat me to it with 
That's my that's my go-to for what you know. <laughs> it was about to dock successfully in Lakehurst. <laughs> when it exploded in flames. Come on. Wait, man. what are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> no. But um I I didn't know it was about to dock. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it was oh, just about man. to dock. Yeah. It was so close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the tragedy of it. That's, it. that's the tragedy. It made it all the way. Yeah, yeah oh, it made man. it all the way and it was just docking when oh. all of a sudden you know, oh. maybe static electricity. Oh. Maybe. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. sucks. You're so close. Oh, you think it sucks. You think it sucks now. So, so, not, so I'm obsessing on the crash of the Hindenburg. That sucks. Oh. Yeah, they were so close. Prior to this, were you like, yeah, no big deal. They had it coming. I don't what? know. Like I just... thought it was just like, oh, we're on their way. And then, oh, man. But now it's like. Uh, that's right. Titanic was like halfway. They were on their way. And oh, man. Yeah. That you know, most tragedy has happened within five blocks of the home. That, yeah. that, 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 that makes it worse. You're Very just true. so close to Yeah, home. most. It's statistically, most accidents happen within several feet of the dirigible landing spot. <laughs> That's statistically true. Uh, no, we'll uh, we'll uh, go together. We'll go together I would and, love that. and watch uh, and and you know, but I, it's one of the things I was going to mention that made me sad is that during the pandemic, young people that I'd be talking to would say, oh, I guess I'll never see a concert again." And they would mean it. Oh yeah. Now because maybe they're not comfortable like you know, going in a mosh pit anymore, or like you know. I think we're all. Surfing. I think we're going to go right back to what we were doing. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, adults had a similar thing. It was just like, well, I guess we'll never use the valet again. <laughs> <laughs> Just bitter that they had to find now parking. Now it's my turn to say that no, sucks. No, I got to park. I got to park. The Hindenburg this car. sucks, <laughs> and no. no one else is parking. My tricked out Bugatti. It's the same. Yeah, because that's what I drive around. I got to park three blocks away now. Great. <laughs> I got a Bugatti and I had uh, seven different hood ornaments put on the front. One on top of the other. All <laughs> Hindenburgs. <laughs> and a Kaiser's helmet. <laughs> I want to make sure I ask you about this role. First of all, I mean, there's a bunch of things to me. I'm so glad that you're doing this project about Willie Mays. Oh, yeah. Because man. that Thanks. blows my mind. Uh and I can't wait. When is that going to be available? That's going to be out uh, on HBO the beginning of uh, November. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's coming. Yeah. It'll coming. be. It'll yeah. So th it'll be out uh, next week. You're also you're playing a very dark role in this, yeah in Friend of the Family. Which well, yeah, dark show. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, yeah, it, it, that's not an easy I've heard, one. I've heard of this story, and I just wanted to mention it quickly because it's a story that I found absolutely insane and impossible, and it's true. Yeah, it's completely insane, and it is one hundred percent true. But yeah, it would. There was a there was a documentary uh, about uh, this family that was on Netflix a few years ago called "Abducted in Plain Sight." But it's it's a, the show is about the Broberg family whose daughter was kidnapped twice. Yeah. By a, a very close family friend. By a friend of the family who yeah. hung out with them and spent a lot of time with them. Yeah, and and he was a, a master manipulator, blackmailer, and and pedophile. And he 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 groomed not only the the the, the daughter but both of the parents separately. Yes, and blackmailed them. And, and uh, it's an unbelievable story. And you're the father. I I, I play the father of, of of I play Bob Roberg, the father of Jan Roberg, who was abducted. And who is playing? Uh, Jake Lacey. Jake Lacey. Okay. Who is? That is a dark role. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really heavy stuff. 
It was really, really dark stuff. There are so many times, it happens 15 times a day where I say, that's why I'm not an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm just always blown away by people that can that can inhabit a role like that and uh, and and explore that kind of darkness or, or just- You could play a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you've you got the look. Easily. Well, because that I know. Yeah. You've oh, got the look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. the beady eyes. You've got it. No, I, 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 look, I've killed and I'll kill again. Yeah. So that's something I know. But, but there's so many times where I see, I, I'm not one of those people who thinks, that looks easy. I've, I've, I'm totally in awe of actors because I think I don't have that. I don't have that thing. I don't know how people do that. Um, well, it's hard because, I mean, this actually sort of goes into what we were talking about earlier. Like, I, I would much rather keep things light and, and easy and, and fun. And so, like, if there's a comedy to be had, like, all in, can't wait, like, sign me up because I just want to be able to laugh as much as humanly possible throughout the course of the day. But like this, this thing was so dark. I mean, yeah. it's hands down the most like challenging thing that I've ever been a part of. Sure. And like, I mean, my head is shaved. I'm wearing glad. Like I, I, I did everything I could to not look like myself right. just because I was so intimidated by what it was that we were trying to do. But I really took it as like, a mission to go like, okay, this is going to be hard. This is going to be challenging and difficult. And there are going to be a lot of days where you're not going to want to go to work. And there's going to be a lot of days where you go, get me the fuck home yeah. as soon as possible. But I really tried to do everything I could to go. That's make believe. Cause I always say, look, my job is to wear make believe and pretend to be other people. So I'm going to wear make believe. I'm going to pretend to be Bob Roberg for the day. And then when that camera is not on, we are, trying to keep things light and and yeah. and accessible and easy so that this is not a miserable place to work every single day. It helped that we had kids around so that we actually had to do that in order yeah. like to sort of shelter them. But like I I mean I <laughs> we had this like actors um holding area where it's just the, you know, when they're setting up shots, they, they got to put the actors somewhere. So they can't just throw us into a room and lock us in it. So they, they call it actors holding, uh -huh. you know, although there's not well, a they, fence. They could lock they you could, in something. Oh, they could. Some, <laughs> actors can't pick a lock some, to save their lives. No, can't. And some, 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 some of us should, should be locked up. Um, but uh, like we, all of a sudden, I just felt the urge to just have something else to do on set that was just silly and creative. So we just started designing like a fake tiki bar within our actors holding. And so I got mirror balls and Christmas lights. And I was telling the kids like, bring whatever you want. Like everything goes up on the wall, like anything yeah. we can do so that when we are on the stages, it's a fun environment, a fun place to be. I had an 11 hour playlist of tiki music and oh. Hawaiian music. To <laughs> wow. I can forward it to you if you want. Um, and then uh, I'm we- I'm good. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. sorry. No, it turns out. Turns, I'm sorry. Tiki music. Turns out he's very, very picky when it comes to his music. Noted. Okay. Excited? No. Um, so, but, but we had like, I just put everything I could to make it look like a cheesy, fun environment. Right. And so that when we were on the stages, that was where we were hanging. And then when we went actually onto the set, that was where we would do our work and then we would get the hell out of there as soon as possible. And, and that ended up thankfully being kind of the way everyone 
like wanted to work as well. Like, Good. And, and it made that experience so much better. And I think it made it possible for me to do all the really dark stuff that I, that I had to do. Um, so it was, yeah, blast to make. I don't know what it's going to be like to watch. <laughs> Enjoy nine hours. Nine hours of how the hell did this happen? Yeah. Why? 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 Well, we'll show you for the next 50 minutes. Well, uh, it has been a delight no, speaking so with fun. you. Um, I always enjoy my time with you. You're a, uh, you're a fine gentleman. Thank you, sir. You I are. I appreciate it. And... Uh, I may have to write you another letter now. Okay. Thank you for- Okay. Do I, I don't know if I have your current address. I'll give it to you. You constantly move as if I you're will. up to no good. I will. Or just avoiding my letters. <laughs> That's- <laughs> There it got is. Got another letter. We got to move again. There it is. He, he knows where we live. <laughs> There's that new, uh, I, I don't know if it's Netflix or what it's, it's called The Watcher yeah. Yeah. about the house and they get these letters. I think that's the effect that people have when they get a letter from me. Yeah. But my letter is just, you know, Hey, Colin. And, and Colin goes back inside and says, we've got to move. <laughs> Colin honey, knows where we are. Honey, we got another letter from Conan. Quick, but bring out the boxes. <laughs> this is my Olivetti from 1971. And anyway, I just thought that it was so cool talking to you. Get out. Get out of the house. <laughs> Where's my gun? <laughs> the letter is coming from inside the house. <laughs> oh. Hey, thanks a lot for being here, man. Thank really. you, man. I appreciate it. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Hey, this is a uh, incredible treat. I am sitting here with one of my all-time heroes and good friend, lucky me, Mr. Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey Conan is here. Conan O'Brien, my favorite. Um, Very good friend. You didn't say and favorite what? Hero. <laughs> <laughs> favorite. If you have a tough steak at a restaurant and you can't cut through it and you need it in little pieces, you are hell on wheels with a steak knife. I am very good with a steak knife. <laughs> you That's put what it in nice, meant. tasty pieces. Not favorite comedian, not favorite humorist, mm -hmm. favorite steak Favorite cutter. human across a desk. <laughs> Conan, the all-time great. I'm excited because uh, you have a new venture. Uh, yes. And, and I'm thrilled to be part of it because uh, you have uh, created a podcast for the Team Coco 
Network. I have partnered with Team Coco. Yes. And yeah. uh, we're business partners. I yes. love this idea. You pitched me this idea once, I think not even thinking necessarily this would be a show. This was something you were, you were, you and your sons were screwing around and having fun, making kind of a, a very weird, funny Twilight Zone, mm -hmm. a scripted podcast. And you were telling it to me and I couldn't stop laughing. I really <laughs> loved it. It's really funny. Yeah. And it's called The Weird Place. The Weird Place. Yes. We just love The Twilight Zone. And we had an idea that we took the Netflix called The Creepy Box, but just didn't. It was, <laughs> you know, we do. It's either The Weird Place. If but we wanted to bring back The Twilight Zone. We love we loved it. And we'd seen different incarnations. You know, I think it's called the Black Mirror, which is kind of a work of genius, but it's so dark. And we wanted, we really romantically wanted to bring it back and have it be kind of retro. It has a darkness to it, but there's sort of a, a positivity about it. So we we decided to do a, a Twilight Zone type show. Right, narrated by, uh, of course, Twilight Zone was <clears throat> was uh, narrated by Rod R Serling. The, the, you yeah. are the Rod Serling, mm -hmm. the great Rod Serling. And it'd be like, you know, I don't do a Rod Serling, but imagine a, you know. Yeah, uh, picture if you will. Yeah, picture. A man alone yeah. on a pirate ship <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah. You know, and then we, we, we put effects on it Basically, it's storytelling. I think in a way, because scripted podcast makes everyone go, what? You know, they don't get it. So I think it's kind of like an audio, audio short films or yep. short television episodes. But Rod is back in this and, and the voice is back. The gravitas is back. He's a perfect straight line for comedy. Well, also, uh, this is a great use of your talents because you have such a great visual mind as a comedian and you can do all these voices. So you create these stories, these bizarre stories. And, and you know, just the ones I've heard uh, have been a joy. It's out right now, by the way. Let me point out to you, you can get The Weird, the weird place. place. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts, get The Weird Place uh, because they're available and they're really funny. But what are some of your favorite episodes so far? My son came up with a, an idea of a man touches globe and it affects the natural world. Meaning if he, if a guy, if touch, has, yeah, a guy has a globe and if he touches it, yeah. a giant finger comes out of the sky yeah. <laughs> in that part of the yeah. world and crushes things. Yes. Or if he flicked the ocean, there'd be a tidal wave, that kind of power. It's, I started thinking about the character for that. And for some reason, because the person who gets it becomes power mad. Yes. So I thought of the invisible man, which I love the 1933 version. Right. Where Claude. Reigns actually got nominated for Academy Award, and he's no, he's mostly invisible. Right. <laughs> but I love I love his, his voice, and then it's the power, the power to rule, the power to rule the world. You must see. And then he has an ingenue who's very innocent, Dolores, <laughs> who loves him. No, Claude, no, you can't. And it's a two parter, uh -huh. and we have. Uh, just, I'm having so much fun. I uh, love doing it so much and riffing these characters out and working with my sons closely like that. As you know, writing a lot of time is just in the moment yep. at the table. Yep. It's not always at a typewriter. And then he went here and there. It's just the guy in the room and Conan to be one of the best ever at that. Or just like, oh, let's go that way or let's do this. Or in this one called Mario is my dad, my uh -huh. son goes, Hey, you should go in the game, you know? So it's you going into the game. Yeah, well, a son's dad talks it like this. It makes sounds like Mario Brothers. Uh -huh. Bring, bring. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like to get the Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's very silly, but they uh, he comes up with notions like that. So it's really satisfying to work with him. Uh, I sing in one as mm -hmm. a, a character called Mr. Willoughby, which is sort of an archetypal. Well, tell me about fanciful. Mr. Willoughby. 
Mr. Willoughby is someone who's kind of created from magic. He's a mystical character in the in the weird place and in the episode Man Touches Globe. And he uh, has people come into this fantasy store that can appear or not appear. It's mm-hmm. a, a knickknack and oddity store. Mm-hmm. And he sings a little song when you come in and he, he makes dreams come true. <laughs> so he's, a, he's got like almost a Willy Wonka quality. I did. I did sort of an Ed Wynn kind of guy knockoff. Right. Welcome to the oddity and knickknack store. Would you like an oddity <laughs> or a knickknack? You know? <laughs> and he's the one who has the man get the globe who goes through this supernatural journey like it's a wonderful life. But this is what I like. It, like uh, say a, it's like a twisted comedy version of Black Mirror because mm-hmm. what you and and Twilight Zone. This allows you to riff. You know what what comedians yeah. and comedy writers and performers all talk about is when we get in a room we riff. There's no idea that can't fit in this world. You know I, what I mean, I love about it, and there's uh, unlimited characters for me to do or anyone else to do. So yeah, I get to do a lot of very fun characters. Uh, in the pirate episode, I play a genius from 1738 whose mm-hmm. name is Smarty Wiggins. <laughs> of course you do. Based on a friend of my mother-in-law's from Ireland. And he told of dogs like this, and I have ideas about this. I've invented a new thing. What is it? I call it radar. <laughs> so when I get Does lost- Does anyone know what he's talking about? They do. Oh, I mean, oh. he's, he's kind of a genius. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he figures out that the, it's a submarine that goes back in time. A nuclear submarine meets up with these pirates and they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And Smarty figures out that the- The craft they're seeing is a nuclear submarine. He puts it But they, they call it an iron whale. They don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> he came in an iron whale from beneath the sea. He figures it out by the zippers because I look all this stuff up. Zippers were not invented until after 1738. Uh, It's obvious they are from the future. (laughs) Instead of buttons, they fasten their trousers with interlocking metal teeth. (laughs) (laughs) So the the guy from the 1960s submarine cap, you think we're from the future because our pants have zippers? (laughs) So that kind of stuff. So it's not that we have a nuclear submarine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But when they meet, they meet the pirates, they assume they're hippies on dope pretending to be pirates. (laughs) You know, they're hippies on Dope. You know what I love, you know what I love is um, when you were first messing around with this for just for fun. Yeah, and I think the best things come out of uh, just joy and fun. Mm-hmm. You were doing these just for fun with your with your sons, mm-hmm. and you were sending them to me. Yeah, little and, little segments. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I would be I don't know I'd be driving around somewhere. I'd be doing something. I'd be making a a, a smoothie, and then Bing, and I'd look down, and you would send me a new short mm-hmm. 10 minute episode of The mm-hmm. Weird Place that you guys had just made for fun and I would listen to it and just have a blast. <laughs> uh, that's the whole idea and the, the, the joy of it and the positivity of it. I, I feel like if anybody's laying around in their room or driving their car or going to the gym, this is something that I'm hoping that they'll listen to more than once because it's every moment is thought out very, very carefully. Every single second of it, we want to be satisfying. And it is one of those things for me to get clarity, like if I had $12 billion, mm-hmm. I would be doing The Weird Place. I know, It's I know. the most satisfying creative thing I think <laughs> I can... I've ever done. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, because I, I, I'm able to put empathy and pathos in it at given moments, not too heavy handed, right? but I want it to have an innocence to it. And this is pre-Ted Lasso, you know? Yeah. I felt starved for the old Twilight Zone, sure. starved for it. And my sons as well. So we're just, we just love it. 
just love doing it. It's very hard work, I have to say. Well, it At shows. Times. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's a joy to listen to. Uh, the Weird Place is out now. Listen mm-hmm. wherever you get your podcast. Dana Carvey, thank you. Thank you. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Becton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement. While another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.